Hey friends, thank you for listening in. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the four homeschooling myths that you probably were already told because it's either frustrating you or made you feel discouraged. I will reveal the actual truths and how you can get qualified to homeschool, how to create a homeschool that fits your family, what you need to get started, and how to deal with socialization. This will help your decision or journey through homeschooling be smoother. So let's jump in. Aloha mamas, you made it to the Homeschooling Entrepreneur Mom podcast. I'm Kavaya Quinn, RN turned full-time entrepreneur and homeschooling rock star to five kiddos. I know you're frustrated with homeschooling. You know there's a way to make it fun, but you haven't figured it out yet and you're overwhelmed with combining homeschooling and making money from home. You're wishing for a way to streamline homeschooling, build a business, and give your kiddos the gift of entrepreneurship too. So if you're ready to create a homeschool filled with fun and adventures while you're making money, get your favorite mama juice and throw your hair in a messy bun and let's get to work. Aloha and welcome to episode one of Homeschooling Entrepreneur Mom podcast. I am so excited to jump into today's episode where we are going to talk about the actual truth about homeschooling. Because I wish, I wish I knew this before I got started with homeschooling, but I believe everything happens for a reason and God helped me through it so that I could create a space on this podcast now to help you. So before I get started with today's episode and get into the meat of it all, let me share with you my story. Now, I'm going to start with this. I am a public school graduate. I love my school from elementary all the way up to high school. Had the best teachers and best education. And because of that, I just assumed that's where my kids would go. When my oldest was three and four years old, did a parent participating preschool. Amazing program. But I had no clue that the public school was overcrowded and the education system was stressed. So it kind of blindsided me when right at the end of his preschooling years, me and a few other moms were sitting around talking story about the end of the year and what their plans were with their kiddos after preschool. And every single one talked about private school, private school, private lessons, all these things, basically talking about how the public school wasn't the place to be in that area. And I was like, what? why? (laughs) And it blindsided me because I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. It was too late to apply to anywhere. And now I felt like I was failing my kid. I don't know what to do with him. I was doing great helping him with the preschool time, but I did not prepare for anything after that. So I did what I did best. And I am a perfectionist, planner, organizer to the T. And if you feel me, (laughs) you probably already are doing this or did this. You already did a whole bunch of research. You Googled a bunch of stuff, YouTube. You were looking at blogs, podcasts, everything. I bet you did all of that already. That's probably why you're frustrated right now because that's where I was. I didn't know how to just weed through what I didn't need and what I needed. And what I was ultimately preparing for was my husband. (laughs) I love my hubby, but at that point, He was totally against homeschooling. I was preparing for all of his objections because I'm an out-of-the-box thinker. And I was like, I can do this. I can wing it. 
I can figure it out. But my husband is a whole new story. So I had to dot my I's, cross my T's, go through every objection list that I could find and prepare to present a report to him. Mamas, you feel me on that? Do you have a hubby like that? Or do you have a mom like that or someone? I bet you do. So what I did was in the meantime, mind you, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare because I only started this thought process at the end of his preschool year. So that was like May, June-ish. And he would have had to start public school by July. I did a whole bunch of research. I looked into it. In the meantime, I still registered him for public school. I still needed him to get there to get some kind of education. I was like, okay, you're still going to school, hoping that it will work out. My son stayed in kindergarten for three to four weeks. And I remember every single day I would go pick him up, bring him home. He is one of those kids where he could build. You probably have one of these. He could build a whole nation on Minecraft. Yes. I didn't know how to do that, but he could. My little four-year-old could build a nation on Minecraft. He knew how to read simple words. He knew how to figure things out. And it amazed me how his brain worked. But he hated to color. My kindergartner, preschooler, hated coloring. I would ask him to color something and he would just scribble it and say like, done. Can you just imagine every day I would pick him up from kindergarten class at public school and I'm like, what did you do today? And he's like, color. And I was like, oh my gosh. How do I nurture a loving learning environment if he's dreading it already at five? So I would come home, teach him a little extra work, kind of feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. But I was like, you know, if I was in that same situation, if I would go to work and I would have to come home and work more, I know I would be frustrated too. So that's what got me to push into homeschooling. That was my turning point when I saw my son come home not filled with light when i saw my son come home frustrated and tired i was like okay i'm the parent me and my husband we can find a better way and if we can do it with homeschooling let's try so we jumped in we jumped in my husband finally agreed after i presented to him a bunch of these myths and the actual truth he agreed and we did it that's what led to this podcast because we've been through a whole bunch of journeys. We've been through a whole bunch of struggles and then 2020 hit and a lot of you reached out to me with tons of questions. You needed direction. You were, you were also going through the struggles, the tears, learning the patience. Yes, a lot of us don't have the patience at the beginning. I didn't. I did not. I had to learn that. So I wanted to Make some place where I can serve and give back to you. I want to let you know, you are a super mom too. And I'm going to equip you with all the skills that you need to help you get to your family's goals. Let's jump into the four myths about homeschooling. Starting with myth number one. Have you heard or have someone told you you're not qualified to teach your kids? Or what makes you qualified to teach your kids? I'll bet your auntie or your friend or your neighbor told you that. Or was it some skeptical family member who just kept asking you, are you eventually going to send them back to school? Right? Like you're eventually going to send them back. Like how long are you going to do it? How long are they going to be homeschooling? Trust me. I heard all of those. But this is a myth. If someone told you you're not qualified to teach your kids, that is a lie. 
because you know your child needs the best. Number one, do not listen to the naysayers. Say no to them. Put your blinders on, you know, plug your ears. Don't talk to them, especially when it comes to something like this. If it makes you feel junk when you're around them or doubt yourself, stop. Stop. You just say, okay, that is not for me. That is something they are dealing with and you just don't listen to them. Practice that. So how do you become technically qualified to teach your kids homeschool? Very simple. You just need to go research your state laws. Now, I've been homeschooling in two different states and they had different laws. So you can Google this because most state laws don't really change. Pretty much the same for years and years and years. So go and look at what your current homeschooling laws are. Some places will just be like, you just need to be the legal guardian and you can homeschool them and you just need to teach certain things. Other places, like where I'm currently at now, I either have to have so much college credits, I need to take a course. So there's many options and you can technically be qualified through your state. You just got to find out. Take that step. Go look at the laws and be like, okay, I am qualified. Check. Myth number one, eliminated. Let's go to myth number two. Have you heard somebody tell you, you have to do your school like traditional school? Or have somebody told you, why doesn't it start at eight o'clock in the morning? Or your school ended early? Yes, I know what they're trying. They're just comparing to what they know. If you graduated from public school like I did, or any type of school, like any type of traditional type of school, that's all you know too. And if that's all you know, why would your school look any different? But it's a lie. It is a lie because your school is not meant to look like traditional school. I had to learn that. That was a hard, that was a year long learning process for me. Me and my oldest poor thing, we went through struggles that first year. Pain, tears, crying, because I tried so hard to make his school look like traditional school. It didn't turn out the same. Even if you're using the same curriculum, it's supposed to look like your own school. Let's say that again. It's supposed to look like your own school. And let's be real. If you're striving for your homeschool to look like traditional school, send them back. Send them back to school. Because that's where they're going to get the full experience of traditional school at traditional school. So what are you supposed to do then if you're like, okay, wait, that that's not what I was striving for. You need to create a homeschool that nurtures the goals for your kids. And it's not going to be overnight. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's not. But every step and understanding that you gain about your kids and about the goals you have for your kids, that will get you closer to the school that you're envisioning for them. So what's your homeschool's minimum requirement? You already Googled your state laws and that's where you'll find it for your state. For here, I know what subjects I need to touch on throughout the school year and what ages they need to take standardized testing. And that's why you just need to go and Google and find out what is the homeschooling laws in your state. Now, if you're getting confused on that website, Go find resources within your state, within your school district. I know both states that I've been in. I've either found a website that has specifically the state laws frequently asked questions 
or your school that your child is supposed to be registered in may have a homeschooling resource right there specifically for homeschooling kids. Look into resources like that so that you know for sure what you need to do just to have the bare minimum requirements. And then from those requirements, you can now start building a homeschool that fits your family, that fits your kids, that fits your life as an entrepreneur mama too. Myth number three, you have to have everything planned and ready before you get started. I can't believe I'm telling you this is a lie. Remember, I am an organizer. I'm a planner. I am that person who makes sure that there's plan A, B, C, D all the way through Z. And I'm telling you this part was a lie. You got to get started, even if you don't feel ready. And 99.9% of you will not feel ready. And what's going to happen is if you're like me, you'll be in planning mode forever. What I ended up doing was I made a list of objections that Kamaka would give me, or I was trying to like get all the curriculum that will fit every single subject and trying to make sure I had everything planned, my schedule, all the manipulatives and all these things. No, you'll be in planning mode forever. You'll feel overwhelmed. You'll feel defeated before even getting started. Oh my gosh, I learned. I learned that failing is what I needed to do in order to get better. But I was so afraid of failing. I was so afraid of people telling me, see, you should have kept your kid in traditional school. Look what happened. Now you can just go send them back. I was afraid of people telling me that. It's a lie. You do not need everything planned and ready to get started. Yes, I did tell you, you need to go find what your state law's minimum requirements are for subjects and test requirements. But... You have the entire year to do that. You have the entire year. And if you're just trying to get started on a school year, start simple. Start with one book, start with one subject, and build upon it. Because what is more important is learning about your kids, learning their learning styles, learning their attention span, learning what really lights them up. And that's what you build upon. So I will dive more deeper into that in another episode. But I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have just started with something simple. I wish I would have taken the time to test out the curriculum to see how my kid flourished with it and base my judgment upon that. That way I could adjust. And if I need to adjust, yeah, great. I'll adjust from there. So if you're trying to figure out how do started what curriculum do i need to buy all of it pump that break and think what subject would light up your kid the most what book does your child love to read you know what are they always asking you questions about start with that one and then build upon it from there because you do not need everything planned and ready before you get started all right myth number four now this was the biggest objection my husband had he's like no We're not homeschooling because homeschool kids lack socialization. And he flat out told me that. He's like, no, we're not doing it. And my husband believed it to the T. He was like, homeschool kids, they're weird. They're going to have no friends. They won't know how to interact with people, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have nothing against weird. I actually encourage my kids to be big thinkers, to not always follow the norm, to think out of the box. I am an adventure seeker from heart and I love to dance in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, I was like, that's not a problem to me. (laughs) 
but I'm going to tell you, it can be true for a certain amount of people because it comes down to you, the parents. If your kids lack socialization, it's your fault. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's your fault because you're the one who is creating this homeschool for them. So this is a big one to think about. Like, If you're saying, well, I don't know any programs or co-ops, nothing is open yet, I have a single child, and it's just so hard to find other people, to like other kids, to socialize with my kid, and things like that. There's different ways to socialize, not just being with kids their age. That's not the only way. That's a great way, having friends or other kids their same age interact with them. That's amazing. But that's not the only way because I'm going, okay, let's get real. Because when you become an adult, you're never in a situation where you only socialize with people your same age. Think about that. So here are ways your kids, your homeschooling kids can socialize. Let's start with this. Simple, your neighborhood. You got some neighborhood friends, you got some neighborhood kids, and you can, now that things are opening up, or even if you just feel comfortable with a certain bubble of people, that is socialization. Now let's expand on that. If there's clubs or kids sports in your community, great, put them in something they love or they think they might want to try or love. Is there community classes, church programs? Is there homeschool programs or classes? We have amazing homeschool programs that we participated in in both states that we lived in. So look into your area, see if there's co-ops, see if there's programs. Some will cost money, but it's worth it. I compared it to other private schools or private classes. And the amount of things he learns from these classes is incredible. All right. What other ways can they socialize? Your kids can still participate in public school sports and clubs too. You just need to go to that school that they're supposed to be registered in and talk to the people who organize it, the coach or whoever, and you can enroll them into, or you can have them, if they have to try out or sign up, you can have them participate in those extracurricular activities. Now, I'm going to show you some simple daily activities that you probably do as an adult that still count as socialization. Teach your kids to talk to people. Yes, that's what socializing is, talking to people. Whether it's talking to a cashier, a waitress, the doctor, have them ask the questions. Have them talk and converse with them. That builds their communication skills, their listening skills, that also builds their confidence. And if you have a shy kid, which my oldest was a shy kid, I would give him every opportunity to talk to someone else while I was there. So like if we're in line at Costco, if we're sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office, whoever they could talk to, I would have them just go and talk or ask a question. If we're in a store and he needs to know the price, let them ask. Now my last tip. If you can't find anything, you're like, why? I have searched. There's nothing around me. Make your own. It's very simple to start a co-op. If there is a need for a little homeschool bubble and you're just looking for it, it could be as simple as, would anyone else like to join me in doing a weekly play date at the playground at, I don't know, 11 o'clock? Come and join me and my family. Or you can just say like, 
I'm just going to reach out to a few friends and see if they're down to do a little get together. Make your own. That is great too. So let's recap the four truths about homeschooling. Number one, you are qualified to teach your kids. All you got to do is look up the state laws in your current state and see what you need to turn in if you need to take a course just to legally be qualified. But everyone can do it. Truth number two, your homeschool has to look like your own homeschool. Not like traditional school, not like the public school down the road, not like somebody else's homeschool, your school. And that's what you're going to do. Create a homeschool that nurtures the goals for your family. Truth number three, you do not need everything planned and ready to get started. Woo, yes, you don't. Let free yourself, free yourself. You do not need to get everything planned and ready. What do you need? You just need one book, one subject. Build upon that. Take the time to do that for you and your child. Truth number four, homeschool kids can be socialized in amazing ways. And you get to do that for them. You have control over that as the parent. Now, what do you do? Now that you got all the truth, now that you're pumped and ready to get started, or at least you're thinking about it, or if you're like me, you probably were already Googling or YouTube videoing or whatever, all about homeschooling during this podcast. Pump your brakes because doing this next step is what turned our homeschooling more fulfilling, easier to navigate, and filled with more fun. So do this first. Answer these three questions and have your family involved in it too. So question number one, what kind of characteristics do you want your kids to have? Not just now as a child, but especially as an adult. Number two, what skills do they need by the time they are an adult? And number three, what fun things does your family love to do? Start here. Start with these three questions and answer them because this will be the basis of building this fun homeschool while still making money from home as an entrepreneur mama. I am so grateful for you and I can't wait for you to come back for more. Now go fill your day with laughter, adventure, and lots of aloha. Hey mama friend, if this podcast inspired you, encouraged you, or gave you confidence to take action today, I would love for you to share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Kvai underscore Aquin and drop it into a message or text to another mama friend who needs to hear it too. Give the gift that keeps on giving. The biggest compliment would be for you to take a minute from your busy mama day and leave me a review and subscribe to this podcast. I am so grateful for you and I'd love to keep this conversation going. The best way to connect with me would be in my Facebook group, bit.ly slash H-E-M support group. Till next time, mamas, lots of aloha. Kavai.